0: Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of Christ. Hello, this is Rick and welcome to The Presence Podcast. It is episode number 79, year two, and I'm glad you're here with me this evening as I reflect on how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open today to experience the presence of Christ Now, this was my first full weekday of summer, summer 2019, and well, I spent it mostly by doing errands, got to be honest with you. I'll tell you though, summer of 2019 has something very significant in common with summer of 2018, and if you want to know what that is, Go back and listen, if you will, to episode number 165, which I recorded on June 14th of 2018. It was entitled, Presence in the World Cup 2018 Beginning. Now, if you listen to that episode, as I did the other day, re-listen to it, of course, you'll hear that I am hugely excited about soccer, especially international soccer. And I'll tell you, there is nothing for me like a World Cup summer. Now, I have to be specific. 2018, even though we don't call it the FIFA Men's World Cup, that is indeed what it is. Because this year, 2019 summer, we have the FIFA Women's World Cup. Now, again, I do have to say it is discriminatory that we don't have to put men's in World Cup, but we do have to put women's in Women's World Cup. One is sort of the default, the men and women's. We have to modify it and be more specific. Perhaps there will come a day when both World Cups will be equally as popular, and we'll have to call it the Men's World Cup. We're not quite there yet, though, unfortunately. I will say, though, that the excitement and the play of the Women's World Cup is something I definitely enjoy. Women's soccer is different than men's soccer, and part of it is that women's soccer is a lot more physical, actually, than men's soccer. Men are pushing and pulling and tripping and doing those kind of things, but women are playing a lot closer to each other. They play tighter soccer, and I think they also play stronger soccer. You don't see women taking dives like you do the men. And I think that is to their credit. And I think it makes for a better, more enjoyable game. And this year, there are more teams than ever in the Women's World Cup. If you haven't been paying attention just yet, or if you have not yet looked at the tables, which is the groups and the standings, you will see that there are quite a few familiar teams from men's soccer powerhouse countries, but there's also some teams that are smaller countries and unique to the women's game. So just a quick rundown of the teams that are playing so we can all be on the same page with these. Group A is France, Norway, Nigeria, and South Korea. All of those teams have solid men's teams. Group B is Spain, Germany, China, and South Africa. Spain and Germany, of course, have dominant men's teams. China, not so much, and South Africa, kind of not at all, really. Group C is Brazil, Italy, Australia, and Jamaica. And again, Brazil and Italy, strong men's teams. Australia, hmm, they often make the men's World Cup. Jamaica, not so strong. Group D, some familiar countries, England, Argentina, Japan, and Scotland. England, Argentina, perennial men's soccer powerhouses. Japan, pretty decent team. As well as Scotland, eh, they're okay on the men's side. Group E, Canada, Netherlands, New Zealand, and Cameroon. This is an interesting group because you have the Netherlands and Cameroon who have good, solid men's teams year to year. Canada, and especially New Zealand, you're not going to see these in the Men's World Cup. So it's exciting to see those two teams represented by their women's teams. And then Group F, you have Chile, Sweden, Thailand, and USA. Now I'll tell you, one of those teams is not like the other. Which team would has never had a Men's Cup qualify for the World Cup? That would be Thailand. And that is actually the team the U.S. women are playing tomorrow. So, if you'll stay with me through the short break, I'll tell you three things. One is my World Cup experience. Number two, that's Women's World Cup, I should say. Number two, quick little story about the impact of the Women's World Cup. And then finally, the reason perhaps you tuned into this podcast is how did I experience God's presence in the beginning of the Women's World Cup. Well, thank you for staying with me through the break. So, my experience of the Women's World Cup, 1999, 20 years ago, if you're doing the math, it was back then that the Women's World Cup was on the shores, the U.S. of A, and my wife and I, who had just gotten married in April of that year, we were newlyweds, Aww. and we lived in California. So the women's team was doing pretty well, and it looked like they might get to the final game. Regardless of whether the U.S. women's team was going to get to the final game, we wanted to get to the final game. So we bought tickets. Face value, $25, $30, I forget exactly what they were, maybe $50 each. And we drove down to Pasadena, the Rose Bowl. We were living up in the Bay Area for the final game. Well, the exciting news was that the U.S. women made that final game. It sold out immediately at that point. We could have sold our tickets for, I don't know, hundreds of dollars maybe, but we didn't. We were there, and it was amazing, amazing. I had been to men's World Cup games when it was in the U.S. back in 1994, just five years earlier at the time, and this was so much more exciting. And if you know your soccer, women's soccer history, you will know that It was the game when the U.S. and China went to overtime, penalty kicks, and Brandi Chastain won on her penalty kick, and the iconic moment where she ripped off her shirt and was on the field on her knees in her sports bra as she spun her shirt over her head. I was there. Now, I didn't quite see it that well, that moment, because we were near one goal and that took place on the other goal so it was on the other side of the field from where we were sitting but i was there and the excitement the enthusiasm just the amazement so the second thing a quick little story of the impact of the women's world cup so i was working on saturday at the winery and it was the opening day or actually i think it was friday excuse me at the winery And it was opening day. That was the first game. And France was playing against South Korea. And a woman came in with her daughter. Her daughter, who I chatted with a little bit, was young. She was very proud to tell me that she was not even yet in kindergarten. And she sat at the bar while her mom made a wine purchase. And I was sitting there watching this little girl as she watched the TV. And it was funny because she had a little bowl of oyster crackers in front of her. And I could, I watched her from the side uh, eating a few oyster crackers, looking at the bowl and then looking up at the TV on the, uh, you know, on the wall at the game, the women's world cup game that was on and then looking back and I could see she just kept looking and looking and looking at the game. And I think what she was noticing was the ponytails. Yes, the ponytails. Now, I don't know if this little girl has watched soccer before, and I did find out a little bit later in chatting with her that she plays soccer. I was very excited to tell me all about that, but I think it was just so encouraging and heartwarming for me as a father of a daughter who is going to be a sophomore in high school, not in preschool anymore, although those days don't seem that long ago, but It warms my heart to know that this little girl, a little girl soccer player, was seeing big girls, women, on the television. And she knew that by the way they were playing and the ubiquitous, it seems, ponytails that the players wear. And I think that's awesome. You know, we come to know who we are and feel connected when we see people like us doing things we want to do. And I think that gets into my third moment here. How did I experience God's presence in this? Well, again, if you listen back to my men's World Cup episode from last year, I talked about the beautiful game of soccer and the kingdom of God and the nations and the harmony and the joy and the enthusiasm. And I think. All of those are absolutely true for the Women's World Cup. But I'd add a little piece, and the piece is this, that women in many countries, far, far too many countries, don't have the same rights and abilities as men. Also, in many countries, our own included, women are sometimes looked down upon and not seen as equals to men. And I think... The Women's World Cup shows that women are indeed equals and they play a beautiful game. And as far as this country goes, our women's team is way, way better than our men's team. Sadly, though, they don't get paid the same amount. Again, we see how far women's soccer needs to come and how far we as a planet are still not there in equality between the sexes. And lastly, I think God is present when that little girl sitting at the bar can feel joy and connection between the soccer that she plays and the soccer that the women on the television in France are playing right now. Thanks as always for listening. Blessings and peace.